Hello and welcome back to another episode of Horribly Happy. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Sophie. And we're back. Hey, long weekend. We're recording on a Monday. Yes, which actually brings me to our first point that we want to talk about. Yes. We will be taking next week off. Yeah. Because it is the 4th of July. It is a holiday. We need a break too, guys. (laughs) We can't do it all. (laughs) We can't do it all. We're working full-time jobs and we also (laughs) need to not podcast on a holiday. Yeah. Um, So just a heads up, there won't be a pod in your feed next week, but there will be the following week. Um, And I will- This is too much. What? I said, don't miss us too oh. much. <laughs> don't miss us too much. Um, <laughs> I will also be wearing black to the 4th of July to mourn America. <laughs> mourn the Roe versus Wade decision. Um, Fair. That's kind of a joke, but I don't know. It's just, it's obviously weird timing with all of that. Um, but I mean, should we just get into it right away? I feel like. Yes. We should. So we have a, we have a lot to catch up on because Jen and I also weren't together this weekend and we both had busy weekends, but we really, really, really want to touch on this topic before anything else. Yeah. I mean, clearly it's been like all over everybody's social media feeds, the news, all of that. Um, Sophie and I are both pro-choice. So just not, not good. So if you, not good for the program, um, yeah, I don't know, Sophie. I feel like you have a lot to say about this. I'm really pessimistic right now. I don't want to get into like the m- morality of like what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Um. I I don't want to get into that. So I'm I I have like certain thoughts on it. Um. Just being like, we both were raised in in like a Catholic upbringing, conservative household. Yeah. So, you know, there's obviously like. I wish nobody would have to give an, get an abortion because they were never in that position because that's a hard decision to make anyways. Um, but ultimately it's the woman's right to choose. That's what I believe. Um, and I don't think it's up to the government to say if you can or cannot choose that. Um, I'm just feeling very pessimistic because it's like immediately when the decision was made when Roe versus Wade was overturned. I got a text from Joe Biden, my buddy Joe, and it was like, now is the time to donate. I'm like, okay, (laughs) no, no, I've done that. (laughs) Like I've donated, I have voted for you. And now is the time for you to break the filibuster and freaking codify Roe. (laughs) So yeah. Anyways, I'm feeling a little bit pessimistic. Sophie feels has a lot of great resources for us, but just wanted to like, it's just been a hard weekend for almost most people that we know. Yeah, I agree with Jenna. And, um, I think my feelings like ebb and flow as everyone's probably are. And, um, gosh, I just like need to formalize my thoughts. Um, it's okay to just be sad right now and not do anything right now it's like okay to mourn this decision and be sad about it yeah um 
we're human beings. We can't do everything all the time and put on a brave face. I was just telling Jenna, I just had, I had an interesting conversation with my grandparents and my mom last night who are conservative and um, Catholics. And it, the conversation, I won't dig into it, but it, it went much better than I thought it would. And I think it almost was like, inspired me a little bit to be like, okay, like my grandparents are 85 years old and here they are listening to me. Like they're able to set their religious beliefs aside and at least like hear me out and not just shut me down. And I have a lot of lawyers in my family. So I have people who argue very well and people who are very intelligent and pull from sources and like pull from law. My grandpa just knows it all. So uh, it can be hard to like counter argue with someone like that. But I think I just want to like remind everyone power to the people. We can make changes. If right now you feel like you don't have the mental capacity to do that, that's okay. You don't need to feel guilt. But I just did some Googling and I found some things. I have a list of things that people can do as an individual to make change. And this isn't even just for Roe v. Wade. This is just like as a society. And um, I think that our generation, like me and Jenna's generation, some things we do really well is using our voice on platforms. And I think younger people are, would you say younger people are getting more engaged in politics early on? I mean, I think you and I had privilege growing up where we. Yeah, I think, I think it is becoming more prevalent at a younger age solely because of social media. And I also think some of that's performative, but you know, it also can come with some people actually engaging. So yes, I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Okay. So this list might seem kind of silly, but I just want to like bring it back to basics. Yeah. Like what can we do? And okay, what ultimately needs to change, especially for Roe v. Wade, we need to amend the constitution. Like that's what we need to do. So we need to bring power to the people and we need to vote. I mean, <laughs> Jenna and I kind of talked about like <laughs> I was just like, Sophie told me she had a list of things and I was like, let me guess, vote sarcastically. Because I'm just, like I said, I'm pessimistic right now. I think I'm still going to vote. Like, I'm still going to vote. I'm still going to vote every, not just for presidential elections. I'm still going to vote in the midterms. I'm still going to be doing that. But it just feels bad when you are voting and then that's not enough. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. But, but voting I th- is still th- the bare minimum. Yes. We should yes. Vote. And I think to go back in time when the 2016 election was happening and Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton were running and a lot of people didn't like either of those candidates. A lot of people voted third party. I'm sure a lot of people, I know a lot of people didn't vote at all. And then Donald Trump became president and he appointed three justices to the Supreme Court. Like, And then now here we are today, Roe v. Wade being overturned. Um, Yes. What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, there's a clear example of where voting would have had a complete 180 spin. Yeah. And that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about a couple other things that you can do that aren't voting that maybe if you're ready to take the next step or trying to find out like what else you could do. And 
whatever do what you want this with this list it might be cheesy but I was feeling no, like, I like it, so today. don't 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 uh don't get down on yourself or don't, yeah. don't downplay it it's <laughs> like you said yeah. I'm just not in that mental capacity yet I'll get a I'll get a wave. yeah I'll, I'll get yeah fired <laughs> yeah okay I love that okay so number one is consumer pressure Brands are super sensitive to public pressure and want to protect their reputation. So things you can do are like boycotts or boycotts. Mm-hmm. Um, boycotts is a term I've like recently learned that is like actually like I knew you could boycott, but I didn't know there was like a word that people were saying for it. Um, brand jamming, which is like, have you heard of brand jamming before? No. It's creatively creatively adapt a brand's design and messaging to expose its actions. So like whether it's like using their product in like a commercial where you're actually like trying to out their product or something. Um, And then another thing is, or, and also direct communication. If you feel empowered to reach out to a corporation directly, good for you. Um, I think, like I said, power to the people, if enough people can do it, it does make a statement. I know it can feel like very minimal when you feel like it's just you, Then there's also corporate pressure, which kind of goes along with it. Investment and divestment in companies. Um, John and I were talking about like investments the other week and you can buy, you can like, you know, there's the Fortune 500 companies, but then you can do like environmentally conscious companies and stuff like that. Um, So that's something to seriously consider if you're at a point in your life where you're doing things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Workplace action, organize a walkout, unionize. I know not everyone can do that. And I know that can be scary, but if, again, if you're feeling empowered and you feel like you're ready to take the next step, yeah, those are things you can do. Political pressure. There's political protests, which I also think our generation is um, active in. Yeah. Messages to politicians, call your local and state representatives, email them. Jen and I have done that in the past. Yeah. And like, even if you're not like Sophie and I live in a blue state. So we don't need to say like, um, you know, please make abortion legal in Minnesota. It is legal here. We we need yeah. to call our senators and be like, please break the filibuster and codify Roe. Yeah. Like that's what somebody in our situation would need to do. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and even calling them to remind them like, hey, I want the state to remain blue. I want abortions to continue to be available in the state. Like they want to represent their people. So it's like, tell them what you want and what you like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it sounds silly, but like lay it all out there. Yes. Uh, campaigning for candidates that you support. Mm-hmm. Um, and then raising awareness, which I think our generation is really good at. Storytelling, sharing images, public art, education, continue to do that all. Um, I think... Like you said, I don't, I, and I've totally been this person getting stuck behind my phone and just like reposting a bunch of information and just like all these facts and whatever, but you need to like walk the walk, not just talk the talk. So I don't, I mean, continue to do that stuff. I saw some people being like, you don't need to have a voice in every controversy that comes up. It's like, yeah, you, you don't need to have a voice in everything that comes up, but also this is like not an everyday controversy or event that's happening. This is precedent being overturned. So it's okay for everybody to have a voice here. (laughs) And 
one of my favorite quotes who I think is by Desmond Tutu um, is like something along the lines of like staying neutral in the case of oppression means that you are siding with the oppressor. Mm -hmm. So this is a situation where you might want to do some research and take a side. Yeah, because essentially not taking a side is you know agreeing with what's what's going on in my opinion (laughs) no it is I mean yeah and then the last two volunteer and donate um there's lots of resources out there I didn't make a list of anything I'm actually still wanting to do a little bit more research and where is best to allocate my funds um in regards to Roe versus Wade I've seen just like a couple different things and I just wanted to make sure it's going to the right people who need it most but this goes for all topics um volunteering and donating for sure and research like research where you're donating and i think it's totally okay to research where you're donating like you said sophie yeah some organizations and you can like pretty easily like research the back end of these organizations to make sure it's going to a good place there's some places where like every one dollar that you donate like actually only 20 percent goes to the cause like i don't want Mm -hmm. my money going to an organization like that so i'm going to choose to donate somewhere else um in this circumstance, um, what I've heard recommended is instead of doing national abortion funds to do more local donate to the local yes. funds, because those that's what's going to actually impact the local community. Um, I mean, Planned Parenthood, they're getting a lot of money right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're also helping people and, you know, helping mm-hmm. women with healthcare. That's great. But um, if you have a local place, they need your money more likely yeah um there's one place called the red river women's clinic and it's actually in fargo north dakota and fargo or north dakota is one of those states where abortion will be essentially illegal um after 30 days um and they are they're right now the sole abortion provider in north dakota and fargo is on the Minneapolis or is on the minnesota north dakota border so they had mm-hmm. a, a GoFundMe to move their women's clinic across the state lines. So there would still be access for women um, in that area yeah. because it's basically just a five minute longer drive. So anyways, I chose to donate there and they actually reached their goal, which is amazing. Um, so they're yeah. going to be able to move and now they're raising money for like extra security and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, there's, that's an example of like a local clinic that doesn't have nationwide funding. So I'm sure there's stuff like that in your area as well that you could research. Um, yep. Yeah. There's yeah. things definitely to do for sure. Yeah. And it probably doesn't take much time. So I don't know. The gist of it is I was feeling inspired today. So I created that list. Um, but it's okay not to feel inspired every day. Oh, no, I feel sad. like I popped your bubble, Sophie. No. No, I'm being, I want other people like, just because they're not feeling like ready to do something in this exact moment that it's okay. And like, when they feel ready, they can do it and it'll still make an impact. Like, that's what I want people to, to take away from this. Like, I don't want people to be like, oh, I'm such a bad person. Cause I'm like not doing anything right now. Like it's okay. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do anything right now. Mm -hmm. You literally don't have to do anything right now. Um, but Yes, Jenna, I have a lot of thoughts on it. I think there's other people, I'm speaking for myself, who can speak a lot more eloquently than I can on the topic. So I don't feel like I'm going to take on that role in this podcast of explaining my beliefs and why I think they're correct. But know where we stand. And I don't know, when you're ready to fight, fight. I think 
I agree with you, Sophie. I just want to end. Everybody for sure is entitled to their own opinion. We never want to like come across like you're a bad person, you know, whatever. Yeah. But also like, I think what's, I mean, of course there's immediate ramifications of this, but I think what's scariest to me is Judge Clarence Thompson's uh, opinion, not the majority opinion. He pointed to a few other um, precedent cases that used the same logic, um, the same liberty yep. logic, and it included um, gay marriage. Uh, what were the other ones? Oh, birth control and, um, you know, consensual sex. Yes. Basically. Which, Those were the three big ones that he mentioned. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, whatever. We could get down a rabbit hole with that as well, but that just... That, that alarms me that that was, he basically said like, those also need to be looked into because they're under the same bad precedent that yeah. Roe versus Wade was under. So yep. yeah. Uh, thanks for the tip, Sophie. I think it's a long road ahead, to be honest. Yes. Um, they've been, the people that are pro-life have been working on this for 50 years and fighting for their side for 50 years so I don't think we can just expect like voting once plus protesting once will fix this like yeah something that needs to be fought for years yes so okay let's uh let's move on to your dating life (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about our weekends first or no yeah I'll I'll talk about my, my weekend my weekend um well Friday I spent being sad about sad. the decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, Saturday, I went to a wedding with uh, Zach. And it was for our, our good friends, Ethan and Liz. It was so much fun. Um, beautiful, amazing day. Not really much to report, except I had way too many Moscow mules. So Oof. sugary night and morning for me. <laughs> I didn't know you were a Moscow Mule fan. It was their signature drink. So I was like, okay. Got it. Cute. It comes Got it. for mugs. Sick. Love that. Love that for them. Yeah. So I was feeling a little ill, but I survived. And, you know, now I'm thriving. I, I went for a run today. So you guys know I'm. Did you hold it all down or did you? I did. I did hold Sick. it Sick. Okay. Yeah. That's my girl. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't. Um, I haven't gotten sick in a while in a hot second from drinking. And I think that's because yeah. I'm so mature now. So mature. <laughs> well, it sounded like you had fun. I was in a similar boat yesterday mm-hmm. because it was my five-year college reunion weekend this past weekend. Yeah, we are old. Woohoo, five years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we were the youngest reunion class there, so I still felt relatively young. Yeah. To a lot of other people there. But there's a lot of people I haven't seen in a long time, especially with the pandemic, like, you know, just like cut off relationships so much sooner than I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like would have happened. So it was, it was a really good time. Um, the college bar that we went to sells <laughs> holla. Um, they have like pre-made apple pie shots on hand. Cause that's like just one of their things. So yeah, I had five of those. Um, girl. <laughs> and then a couple drinks. <laughs> so 
Yeah, it was really fun though. Like dance my little booty off. Did I what? No. No. And then well, okay. And then our friend Erin was the MVP and she pre-ordered Gary's pizza for us to pick up at the end of the night. Life saver. He is so smart. And also the best thing about going out in St. Joe is that the bars close at one. So you're in bed earlier. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah, but I did go to bed at like 2.30, which is so late. That's That's so so late late for me. And then I got up at 7.30 because I can't sleep in. No way. I'm so Um, proud of you. You did shots. You stayed up till 2.30. Hot girl summer is here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So it was a fun weekend. No nefarious acts um, at reunion weekend. It was just really fun to see people for sure. Um. But John and I are going to start a new segment and it's called, I don't know, what should we call it? Sophie's dates. <laughs> no, we need something better. Sophie's, um, Sophie's saucy dates. Oh God. <laughs> They're not always saucy. No, but we'll, stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll put a we'll think of something. bubble on horribly happy pod at Instagram and you guys can, oh God, y'all can say what you want it to be called. Submit. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I have recently started dating again. If anyone's interested, reach out. She's single. She's 27. Um, She's financially stable. Five, four. (laughs) And I'm a short queen. I'm short, so I can hang out with a short king. Yeah. Um, As long as you don't lie about your height. Yeah. Which brings me to my first date that we'll talk about. Um, I don't remember his name. This was two weeks ago. So this is terrible. I haven't even like been on loads of dates to even be forgetting a name like that. Um, but, you, you know, like met on a dating app, briefly texted, but then we're like, well, we should go on a date, whatever. Mm-hmm. He seemed chill. He did list his height as 5'9", and I am, I'm actually technically 5'3 and 3 quarters. I might be 5'4 now, but that's... Well, you're probably doesn't shrinking. matter. As you age, you shrink. For sure. But I grew in college. But anyway, we showed up and he was definitely two inches taller than me at at best. So he was five five, five six. And said he was yeah. nine. Yeah. Which and is okay to be five five, five six. We are not dogging short kings here. That's no. fine. Just I just was taken aback. You just like, you can only add an inch to your height, in my opinion. Yeah. And I wore like platform sandals. So then it like made us closer in height. Like I maybe would have worn flat shoes, you know? Yes. Anyway, this date was just to get ice cream, but it was like the first hot day of the summer. It was like 90 degrees. No, Sophie, it was, uh, it was a hundred degrees that day. Oh yeah, you're right. It was 98 degrees Fahrenheit. You're right. Oops. So one second. we're getting ice cream and, um, of course I'm going to get a bowl because my ice cream's going to melt so fast. Like I cannot yeah, commit. Ahead. Yeah. I mean, I love a good cone, but I was like, not on a first date, this guy. And then you can like, you, you're not like seductively licking your cone. Like you yeah. can just like cutely eat it with a spoon. Yep. This guy gets a cone. <laughs> bold move 98 degrees and did, so bold did you go outside yeah 
Yeah, that's brutal. And he melting all over his hands, all over his mouth, (laughs) just eating the cone as fast as he can. And it it wasn't great. Um, No, I mean, that would be a major ick. (laughs) Yeah. Eating an ice cream cone melt all over somebody (sighs) on their first date. Yeah. Major ick. Yeah, it wasn't good. And the conversation wasn't great. Um, So would I say it was like super successful? No, it wasn't terrible. Nice guy. I wish him all the best. But don't just one piece of advice. Don't lie about your height because then you're going to get don't order an ice cream cone on the first day. That's five. Yeah. I'm pushing five eleven as well. Like I'm like five. Yeah. So if someone said they were the same height as you in line, I'd be like, okay, like whatever. That's an inch shorter than me. Yeah. And he's five five. I'd be like, are we going? Bye. Like what's going on? (laughs) Yeah. That was mean. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm pro short Kings, but like, just don't lie. But Jenna's taller than me, so she has less flexibility. Yes. Yeah, if there's one takeaway, don't lie about your height that much. You can lie maybe you one lie inch. a little bit. But my favorite and also, thing is guys being like, I'm six foot, and I'm, be, and I'm taller than them, and I'm like, you're 5'9". <laughs> because yes. there's no way you're... Like, you're not... Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not that great of a story, the other takeaway is just, like, be conscious hilarious. of what you're ordering on the first day. Yeah, the ice cream's hilarious. <laughs> well, because you were like, how was it? And I was like, you guys, he ordered an ice cream cone and it was like melting off. You guys are like, oh my God. You like genuinely <laughs> ick. Yeah, it wasn't good. Then. So he's ice cream boy and he will not be talked about again, probably. So cross that name out. We'll never use it yeah. again. <laughs> What's his real name? I can't remember. Um, <laughs> Then I went on another first date last week should I call him Cali boy yeah so he um, they're all gonna be boys until they prove that they can be promoted to a man yeah (laughs) and they're all gonna be boys or men because unfortunately I'm a heterosexual (laughs) female um we've got a straight on our hands yeah this guy I don't even know how deep I should get into this. His hinge profile said looking for a short-term relationship. And I looked over it, missed it. But also it's like, that could mean so many different things. Like, but typically maybe they like, don't swipe on those people because you're not looking for something short. Yeah. Because I'm like, if you're confident enough to be like, I'm looking for a short-term relationship, like, okay, I trust you. You're looking for a short-term <laughs> relationship. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to say that. Heard you loud and clear. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> So this guy, we go to a brewery, um, chivalrous pays for a beer. First guy didn't, I'm a feminist, except for when it comes to chivalry. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but you better open that door for me. (laughs) Yeah. No, this guy's nice. My $5 ice cream. (laughs) And we're hitting it off. Conversation's going great. We're having a good time. He's cute. He's so cute drops the bomb on me that he's moving to California in a month. I'm like, why am I here? (laughs) (sighs) And he's from California. So it's like, he's not moving back here. You know? Yeah. He doesn't love Minnesota. So that was a bummer. Did anything good come out of the date? 
Are you trying to get me to say something? Yeah. <laughs> we did share a kiss. Okay. At the end of the date. So it was successful in a way of like, I have confidence that there's someone out there and dates can go well, but it's hilarious because I was with Jenna last weekend and I was like, there's one thing about me, like, don't kiss me no, on the first date. Like, you asked if Zach and I kissed on the first date and I was like, oh, yeah, no, right. I would have, but he was a little weak. That's right. Ran away. And uh, you were like, one thing about me is I would never do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yes, but you and Zach also were different because you knew each other and you were talking. Like, yeah. going on a, like, essential blind date, way different. Yes, that's so true. Um. So, anyway, yeah, so sad. Um. That's all the updates for now. Well, Sophie and I, one thing about that, Sophie, is we're kind of against toxic po- positivity, meaning, like, you can just be mad about him moving to California and that's okay. Yeah. Like, like if people we don't like it when people are like well look on the bright side blah 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 yeah but that being said here's some toxic positivity that I saw with that that you already kind of touched yeah that there are people that you will connect with like right away and yeah it's going to take some work to like go on some dates to find those people but there's there's hope (laughs) there is hope and this guy was a short king. So I'm open to short kings. This guy was legit 5'9", probably. So if any of our listeners um, know of somebody in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area and want to set Sophie up on a blind date, she would maybe be okay with it. But I have to vet them first. Yeah. <laughs> Please contact um, my manager, Jenna Januska, <laughs> at horriblyhappypod at gmail.com. And then we'll vet them from there. Yeah, I'm excited for this series and this chapter in your life, Sophie. Yeah, um, I'm rooting you on. Hot Girl Summer has commenced, and you know, let me know when you want a hot girl night out. I'll join. Yeah, yeah, I had fun this past weekend, so I'm ready. Okay, amazing. Okay, love that. Shall we get into stories? Yeah, girl, please. Okay, so all of my stories that I ever find are from TikTok, and then I go and research them further. Dang, I don't, I need to curate my For You page to get on that mm-hmm. I train. I save them in a pod folder. And then I'm like, oh shit, I have to write, I have to write my book reports that I yeah. now cure, <laughs> now we have to do every week. <laughs> yes. A little pod folder on TikTok. So anyways, um, this is the disappearance of Amy Lynn Bradley who was a 23-year-old woman who vanished from a cruise ship. Sources are allthatsinteresting.com, sponsor. Yeah, it is. And wikipedia.org. Donate. Donate. (laughs) Okay, so the Bradley family, Ron and Iva, the parents, and their adult children, Amy and Brad, boarded the Rhapsody of the Seas cruise ship on March 21st, 1998 in Puerto Rico. So this was a while ago. Okay. On the night of March 23rd, the night before Amy Lynn Bradley vanished, the ship was docked just off the shore of Kareko, which is a Dutch Caribbean island. Mm. At first... Never heard of it. Yeah, and that was actually the final destination. Like, that was the last stopping point for the cruise ship. Got it. I'm not sure if they went back, but it was like... 
Yeah. So it was like either final destination or final stopping point, and then they went back. Yeah. At first glance, it was a perfectly normal cruise ship night. Amy and her brother partied in the ship's club, and they danced to a cruise ship band called Blue Orchid. Wait, have you ever been on a cruise? No, and I will never after this story. Oh, yeah. Okay. I haven't either, so I'm just, like, fascinated everything they put on a cruise ship. So here's my thing with cruises i think they can be done right like my friends mario and alana for their honeymoon coming up are going on a um what is it french and italy cruise so they're oh okay stopping at like these cute little towns that you would never go to unless you like yeah you can only really drive or cruise to them yeah an alaskan cruise sounds kind of fun to me because like what a cool way to travel through alaska but besides that like i get seasick i'm scared of all of these cruise ship stories we personally know somebody that was stuck on the covid cruise ship for a month yeah like i just true cruise ships freak me out man i would rather just like trap yeah i don't have a strong desire yeah and like the the rooms seem claustrophobic i don't know i just yeah i don't know if it's kind of like a resort like i have no desire to go to resorts like i just want to like I, would rather, I just need like, a place to sleep. Yeah. So then I can like go adventure. Yeah. Exactly. I don't need all the glitz and glam. Mm-hmm. So Amy chatted with a few of the band members and danced with the bass player, Yellow, aka Alistair Douglas. Around 1 a.m., the siblings called it a night and they returned to their family's cabin together. It would be the last time that Brad ever saw his sister. The last thing I ever said to Amy was, I love you, before I went to sleep that night. Brad recalled, knowing that was the last thing I ever said to her has always been very comforting to me. A few hours. I don't remember the last. I'm sorry. I'm keeping you up. I remember the last time I told my siblings I love them. Good for him. That's so sweet. That's sweet. Yeah. Sophie, why don't you text them tonight? Or are they there with you? No, they're not. (laughs) Maybe I'll do an experiment. Yeah, see what happens. A few hours later, Ron Bradley, her dad, saw Amy on the deck of their family's stateroom. So they had like a deck associated with their room. Got it. Um, so this was early in the morning, like 5 a.m. Yeah. All seemed to be well until he looked again and she was gone. So between the times of 5.15 a.m. and 5.30 a.m. on March 24th, Amy's father woke up to check on the status of his child, of both his children, and he saw Amy sleeping on the lounge chair of their cabin's balcony. So he saw her legs from her hips down and like knew it was her. And then he fell back to sleep. The balcony door was closed because if it had not been closed, um, he would have gotten up to close it. So he just like remembered knowing that the balcony door was closed. Yeah. Okay. He got up at 6 a.m. and he didn't see her there. So he went on to check what was going on and she was not there. And also her cigarettes and her lighter were not there, but her shoes were still there. Okay. So he went to go and find her, but he couldn't find her. Um, And he thought it was very much unlike Amy to not tell anybody where she was going. So Ron searched the common areas of the cruise and woke up the rest of the family and told them Amy was missing at 6.30 a.m. After searching the common areas of the ship, the family became increasingly concerned and they begged the cruise ship staff to cancel the docking at Curico because they, you know, wanted to search the ship before they were docked. 
And before anyone could get off yeah. or get on. Like the ship was holding thousands of people. Like it wasn't yeah. like a small cruise ship. Yeah. Their requests were ignored. That morning, the gangplank was lowered, letting people off. And both passengers and staff were allowed off the ship. If Amy Lynn Bradley left on her own volition, this gave her an opportunity to sneak off. But if her family, but her family refused to believe that she would have ever run away. Um, she had just gotten a new job and a new apartment back in Virginia, and she had a beloved pet bulldog named Daisy, which like you, I mean, you, both of us have dogs like, yeah, very, very and it like those like getting a new apartment getting a new job is just like not um consistent with like wanting to disappear probably exactly so more disturbing disturbingly docking the ship in Kareko also gave any possible kidnappers ample opportunity to whisk amy off the vessel and disappear into the crowd as the bradley family desperately searched for their daughter the crew's staff remained pretty unhelpful the crew's refused to page Bradley until the ship was at port. They didn't want to announce her disappearance or hang photos of her around the vessel because it might have upset other passengers. So the ship eventually was searched, but only in the common areas and not in staff or passenger cabins. Hmm. So it was possible but seemed unlikely that Amy had fallen overboard. She was a strong swimmer and trained as a lifeguard. Nobody could find evidence that she had fallen or was pushed, and there didn't sign to be there wasn't a sign of any body in the water. Authorities okay, but weren't they moving? Yes, but when she went missing, it was really close to shore. So they okay. were thinking like she's a strong. They would maybe see something. And would yeah, either see her or she would make it to shore. Got it. Yeah. Authorities were alerted that Amy was missing, so the Netherlands Coast Guard actually did conduct a four-day search of the surrounding waters along the cruise lines, to, and they found no result. So, like, the waters were searched. Yeah. The family then turned their attention to the cruise ship staff. They believed that certain people on board had been giving their daughter special attention, and they thought this even before she went missing. Okay. At one point, Rod... Ron Bradley remembered one of the waiters asking for Amy's name, saying that they wanted to take her to Carlos and Charlie's restaurant during the ship's dock in Aruba. When he asked his daughter about it, Amy responded, I wouldn't go and do anything with those crew members. They give me the creeps. And strangely enough, Carlos and Charlie's restaurant is where Natalie Holloway, (gasps) 18-year-old American woman, who disappeared in Aruba in 2005 was last seen. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's spooky. And and this story with Amy is happening in 1998. Yeah. Well, before then, but it's still the same place. Yeah. The Bradley family also heard from witnesses who had seen Amy early the morning she had disappeared with Alistair Douglas, a.k.a. Yellow, the bass player from the band. Right. Um, in the vicinity of the ship's dance club around 6 a.m. Hmm. That was after the dad couldn't find her. Yeah. Yellow has denied this. In subsequent months, Amy Lynn Bradley's family would write congressmen, foreign officials, and the White House. Lacking any helpful responses, they hired private detectives, built a website, and started a 24-hour hotline. Although they went through all this, still nothing showed up. 
So Iva, her mother, her gut feeling today is that somebody saw her and took her. The family's fears about Amy's disappearance were not unfounded. Although the initial investigation led nowhere, multiple people in the Caribbean have claimed to have seen their daughter over the years. Hmm. In August of 1998, five months after she went missing, two Canadian tourists spotted a woman who matched Amy's description on the beach. She even had the same distinct tattoos that Amy had, a Tasmanian devil with a basketball on her shoulder, a sun on her lower back, and a Chinese symbol on her right ankle and a lizard on her navel so those are very specific yeah one of the tourists said that he was 100 percent sure it was amy then in 1999 a member of the navy visited a brothel in kareko and met a woman and she told her her name was amy lynn bradley he <gasps> begged for his help he didn't oh my gosh because she didn't he, he did not report it because he didn't want to get in trouble because he was at a brothel. Yeah. The officer sat on the information until he saw Amy's face on People's Magazine. That year, the family received another promising clue, which turned out to be a truly devastating scam. A man named Frank Jonas claimed to be a former U.S. Army Special Forces officer and he said he could rescue Amy from the Colombians holding her hostage in Carreco. The Bradleys gave him $200,000 and then realized it was a fraud. And he was actually arrested and convicted with this fraud film. Wow. Okay. Ron, her dad, afterwards, if there's a chance, I mean, what else would you do? If it was your child, what would you do? We took the chance and I guess we lost. Then the sightings kept coming. Six years later, a woman claimed to have seen Bradley in a department store restroom in Barbados. According to the witnesses, the woman she met introduced herself as Amy from Virginia and was fighting with two or three men. In 2005, Bradley, the Bradley family received an email containing a photo of a woman who appeared to be Amy lying on a bed in her underwear and a member of an organization that locates sex trafficking victims on adult websites noticed the photo and thought it could be Amy. I actually saw the photo. We're not going to post it, but you can look it up if you're interested with like a side-by-side of what she used to look like. And it does look like, okay. like an older, more distraught and unhappy version of Amy. Okay. Today, the investigation into Amy's disappearance is ongoing. The FBI and the Bradley family have both offered sizable rewards for information on her whereabouts. However, for now, the disappearance remains a disturbing mystery. The FBI is currently offering a reward up to $25,000 for any information that could lead to the recovery of Amy or leads to arrest or conviction of the persons responsible for her disappearance. On top of this, the family is offering $250,000 for information leading to her safe return and also has a reward for $50,000 for information leading to her current location. If you have any information concerning the disappearance of Amy Lynn Bradley, um, they recommend you contact your local FBI office. So that is the disturbingly terrible story of Amy Lynn Bradley. Oh, I hate stories like this. I know. I know. I just hate disappearance. I hate that there's no resolution. 
I know. And like looking at pictures as you're telling unfortunately, it. Unfortunately, it does seem like she was kidnapped to become a sex slave. Um, yeah. It's really. Bad. I mean, how you would think that trafficking like that, maybe what cruise ships would be a good place for that to happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, it seems um, there was a few other disappearances that were like in connection to this disappearance besides yeah. um, Natalie Holloway, but there was a few other ones as well. Okay. And yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it seems very suspicious and so sad. So sad. Gosh, that's, Oh yeah. I just hate the no resolution. It's like, I want to keep looking into it, but it's like, there's nothing else to look into. Literally nothing else to look into. (sighs) I've never heard that before. Yeah. Surprisingly. Had you heard it before? Um, I feel like I have like just briefly, like not as in depth. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's spooky. Um, Definitely makes me more freaked out of cruise ships. (laughs) <laughs> more than I already was. Um, I know. And like, I don't want, this is just where my mind goes. The last sightings of Amy or possible sightings, they were a while ago. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. It just makes me really nervous and sad. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh gosh. I'm like mind, mind boggled yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, the sightings are always so interesting. Like I think people like people lie and people don't know what they're seeing, but like some of those are crazy. Like the tattoo ones, like, right. And they're all in the area. Like, yeah, it's not like, Oh, it's in Japan, you know? Yeah. They're in yeah. The area. Yeah. Well, are, are you ready to pivot? Yes. Let's pivot. Okay. <laughs> So my story this week is on um, the life of Oprah Winfrey. Okay. And my only source is Wikipedia. All right. Solid source. Donate. Um, This is like a, I don't know why I always feel like I have to preface. It's a brief overview. She has a fascinating life. Like, I feel like I could have read for hours and hours and hours on her. Um, You remember, like, I feel like it wasn't... What sh- what channel was it on? It was like it would go over a star's life. It would like highlight one star's life. I feel like it was like on Oxygen or E or something. Yeah, like, yeah. I watched Oprah Winfrey's years okay. ago. So okay, I feel okay. like I like have brief memories of like her terrible childhood and and yes, we're gonna get into that. And I didn't realize actually like the kind of upbringing she had. Um, so Oprah Gail Winfrey was actually born Orpa Gail Winfrey on January 29th, 1954. But um, so she was named after a biblical figure in the book of Ruth, but people mispronounced her name so often that Oprah eventually stuck. Okay. Did you know that? Oh, I had no idea. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, so soon after Winfrey was born, her mother left. Oh, she was born to a single mother. Mm-hmm. a single teenage mother and soon after Winfrey was born her mother left and moved north and Winfrey spent her first six years living in rural poverty with her maternal grandmother Hattie May Lee um and what was I need to sorry I need to find her mother's name Veronica is Oprah's mom's name okay 
So Hattie was also poor and was so poor that Winfrey often wore dresses made of potato sacks to school. Wow. I know. It's also been reported that Winfrey's grandmother had reportedly been abusive towards her. I couldn't find like many more details on that. Mm -hmm. Um, By the age of six, Winfrey had moved to an inner city neighborhood in Milwaukee, Wisconsin with her mom. And around the same time, her mother had given birth to another girl, Patricia. It didn't take long for Veronica, this is the mom, to fall further behind and really begin to struggle taking care of her kids. So Veronica sent Winfrey off to live in Nashville, Tennessee with her biological father. Okay. Veronica then had a third daughter during the time Winfrey lived in Tennessee. This daughter was put up for adoption in hopes of relieving some financial stress. Winfrey didn't learn of her half-sister until 2010. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Winfrey did eventually move back in with her mother, who uh, then had a son, Jeffrey. Um, Okay, sorry. Winfrey was molested by her cousin, uncle, and family friend beginning at the age of nine years old. This is something she would eventually admit to the public on an episode of her television show in 1986. At the age of 13, after suffering from years of abuse, Winfrey ran away from home. When she was 14 years old, she became pregnant, but her son was born prematurely and died shortly after birth. Yeah, that's so wild. Yeah. And Winfrey, I guess, has said that, like, she just wasn't destined to have kids because she didn't have, she wasn't destined to be a mother because she didn't have a mother growing up, which is really sad. So while attending high school, Winfrey attended Lincoln High School in Milwaukee. But after early success in the Upward Bound program, she was transferred to an affluent suburban Nicollet High School in the area. And while attending high school, Winfrey was continuously reminded of her poverty as she rode the bus with other African-Americans, some of them who are servants for her classmates' families. Wow. I know. She soon began to rebel and steal money from her mom. Her mom eventually sent her back to Nashville for her behavior and didn't let her return home this time. Vernon. Winfrey's dad was strict but supportive and made her education a priority and Winfrey became an honor student. Winfrey's first job as a teenager was working at a local grocery store, but at the age of 17, she won the Miss Black Tennessee Beauty Pageant, which helped attract the attention of the local black radio station WVOL, which hired her to do news part-time. Winfrey worked for the station her senior year of high school and the first two years of college. She had won an oratory contest, which I don't know what that is. Should have looked it up. (laughs) But it allowed her a Fulbright scholarship to Tennessee State University where she studied communication. Okay. Wow. Working in love. I know, right? Uh, I didn't know that she bounced around. I didn't know she had ties to Wisconsin and to Nashville. Yeah. Working in local media, Winfrey was both the youngest news anchor and the first Black female news anchor at Nashville's WLAC-TV. In 1976, she moved to Baltimore's WJZ-TV to co-anchor the 6 o'clock news. In 1977, she was removed as co-anchor and worked in a lower-profile position at the station. She was then recruited to join Richard Scher as co-host of WJZ's local talk show, People Are Talking, which premiered on August 14, 1978. 
1984, Winfrey relocated to Chicago to host a low-rated half-hour morning talk show, uh, AM Chicago. The first episode aired January 2nd, 1984, and within months after Winfrey took over, the show went from last place in the rankings to the first for, like, local Chicago radio or TV. Yeah. The show was then renamed The Oprah Winfrey Show and expanded to a full hour, and the first episode was broadcast nationwide on September 8th, 1986. And really, her success just took off from there. She's acted... Uh, she's produced, she's written. I mean, she's, she's a household name now. She's yes. And she was a millionaire at the age of 32. And at the age of 41, she replaced Bill Cosby as the only African-American on the Forbes 400. That's by two. I know. Good for, good for her and good for them. Well, good screw Bill Cosby for her. Not good for good for her um yeah but crazy that they were the only ones yeah by 2000 winfrey is believed to have been the richest african-american of the 20th century also crazy and from 2004 to 2006 winfrey was listed as the world's only black billionaire by forbes list of the world's billionaires Mm -hmm. this is like huge feats for for her and as of 2014, which I realize is dated, Winfrey had a net worth of over $2.9 billion and had overtaken former eBay CEO Meg Whitman as the richest self-made woman in America. Queen. Queen popped <laughs> off. So, yeah, I didn't go into like all of her accomplishments because there are many, many, many accomplishments and people like us to keep our happy story short. And <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> Jordan. Um, but I don't know. I just thought that was cool. I I obviously knew Oprah Winfrey was successful, and like I watched her talk show growing right. up. I remember, uh, but I had no idea that she was like the success, right? Like and like the intense struggles that she had to overcome. Yeah, I think. I think like, as you're reading it, it's like, oh, she's, you know, she's so successful for a black person. Oh, she, and then so successful for a female black person. But then she's just like, screw that. Like, I'm just the most successful woman. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So I just thought that was really cool. Her upbringing is obviously very terrible, but, uh, she clearly had potential and was driven and motivated and being sent off to her dad's was probably like this blessing for her. I mean, it seems like um, she had a really hard upbringing, like obviously really hard and traumatic. So um, being with with a little information I know being sent to her dad was like some structure that she maybe needed. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, and now today she's so successful and like on top of like her success, like really into some like philanthropic yeah Um, things as well which is always good for the program (laughs) yeah yes yeah fascinating fascinating life yeah I just yeah I guess I'm just shocked that I didn't know so much about her well well, we were only we were only alive during her successes that's so true yeah the only reason I know about Um, the e-show true (laughs) true 
<laughs> but yeah, that's all I got. Um, it's very good for you, Oprah. Good for you, Oprah. Heart, heart, love. Heart, heart, love. You're amazing. And everybody listening is amazing. And yeah. <laughs> and we would love if you rated, re- reviewed, and subscribed us, and also followed us on our TikTok and in IG. That'd be pretty dope of you. And Twitter, I might start tweeting. And Twitter, while you're at it, yeah, give us a search, do it, a follow. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, we won't be on your feeds next week, but we will be the following week. So everybody, you know, enjoy your time off, celebrate or mourn as you must. And we love you. Stay happy. As happy as you can be. Bye. Bye.